Hello, everyone. I'm Michael Murphy, and this is episode three of The InDesigner, the podcast that offers information, instruction, and insight to InDesign users. Welcome back to everyone who's been tuning in from the beginning, and welcome to all you new listeners. I realized after posting last week's episode that I was not nearly shameless enough in plugging the companion website for the podcast or telling people how they could contact me with questions or suggestions. In fact, I never mentioned either. So let's get that out of the way right up front. I've received some positive feedback on the first two episodes and would love to hear your comments, questions, or suggestions. You can contact me by email at info at theindesigner.com or by signing up for and posting comments on the website www.theindesigner.com. If there are topics you want to see covered, problems you're wrestling with in InDesign, or just want to tell me how much you love the podcast, feel free to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. One last bit of preliminary business. I'm still hammering out the technical details of getting my video tutorial podcast produced in small enough files at sufficient quality to make it worthwhile for everyone. I'm not there yet, but I'm getting closer, thanks to help from people who are a lot more knowledgeable about it than me. So the video podcasts may be more of a Christmas present or New Year's resolution at this point, but they will happen. Okay, let's get down to this week's topic, which is going to span both this episode and the next, because there's a lot to cover. We're going to learn how to play the Get Out of Photoshop Free card. This is how to avoid using Photoshop whenever possible. Nothing against Photoshop. I love Photoshop. What I don't love is constantly jumping back and forth between my image editing application and my page layout application for minor tweaks and adjustments. Thankfully, some of the most common adjustments designers make don't require that kind of application jumping between InDesign and Photoshop. Drop shadows, transparency, feathering, and other options allow for a level of flexibility that I've wanted for years, and I know I'm not alone in that desire. These next two podcasts will explain how you can take advantage of the flexibility of InDesign to avoid being locked into all of the decisions you've been forced to make in Photoshop. By understanding these options, you'll be able to both handle changes that are given to you without wanting to tear your hair out, and to just plain change your mind, to make subtle improvements in your designs without having to weigh the value of the changes against the amount of work it'll take to go back and do it in Photoshop. It should even change the way you work in Photoshop, so that you structure your Photoshop files to allow you to take advantage of the InDesign flexibility later in the process. Our first get-out-of-Photoshop-free topic is transparency. Most of you probably know that InDesign recognizes transparency in native Photoshop and Illustrator files, but transparency isn't limited to supporting it in placed images. InDesign has its own built-in transparency options and blending modes, and by combining transparency within InDesign with placed images, you've got a lot of power and flexibility at your hands. For instance, Let's say you've got a full-page photo in your layout and you want to ghost back a small rectangular section of the photo so that a portion of the image is light enough for you to put a block of text over. Before InDesign, you would need to know exactly where that rectangle was going to be placed, exactly how much text you were going to have, exactly how much space it would require, and exactly how much you needed to tint that rectangular area back to make the text legible. You'd do all your work in Photoshop, then pray that you hadn't made any mistakes and that your client would never ask for any changes. And we all know what the false hope that is. Those days are over. 
Now you can just place that image in InDesign unaltered and make all of your decisions about that same rectangular portion of the page right there in your layout. With your image already placed, just draw a rectangular frame over some portion of it and fill it with white. Open the Transparency palette, either by pressing Shift F10 or choosing Transparency under the Window menu, and then enter either a numeric value for the percentage of opacity of the rectangle, or drag the little triangle slider in the Transparency palette to see on screen what level of transparency works for you. Now you've got a ghosted area of your image that you can make larger or smaller, just as you do every other frame in InDesign, and you can move it around the page until it's exactly where you want it. Wherever it falls, however it's resized, the image behind it will be ghosted back. Now, that's fine for a simple rectangle with a solid edge, but what if you wanted your tinted area to have a soft edge, to slowly fade back into the image? That brings me to the second of our Get Out of Photoshop free topics, feathering. If you want a soft edge on your tinted area, just select it and, under the Object menu, choose Feather to access InDesign's Feather dialog box. Just check the Feather checkbox and, so you can see your changes before confirming them, check Preview as well. Then you can start playing with your feather width until you get the amount of softness on the edge that you want. You can also tell InDesign how you want it to handle the feathering on the corners of the object with the Corners pull-down menu. But I find that for most shapes, the default of Diffused is almost always the best option. Finally, you can set a noise level for the feather to give it a bit of grain and a more natural-looking appearance. This last option is new to InDesign CS2 and a very welcome added feature, in my opinion. Before CS2, it was one of the last few reasons for choosing Photoshop to apply these effects over InDesign, because Photoshop already had the noise option. Now, I know someone out there is thinking, hey Mike, that's all well and good in theory, but in my image I have a silhouetted photo of our company president on the frontmost layer, and I need my tinted feathered area to be above the overall background, but fall behind the silhouetted photo of the president. So I'm just going to have to do that in Photoshop, right? Wrong. If you've got a layered Photoshop file in your InDesign document, you've got even more options. And that's the next of my Get Out of Photoshop free topics, Object Layer Options. Let's say you do have a layered image and you need your tinted area to fall above one or more layers in the image but behind one or more others. Here's how you make that happen without going back to Photoshop. Let's say you've already put in your tinted area and feathered it the way you like. So now your InDesign document has the placed Photoshop file and over that the feathered rectangle with transparency settings that you created right there on the page. With the Photoshop image selected, control click or right click on the PC and select object layer options from the contextual menu. In the dialog box you'll see a list of the layers in your Photoshop file with the small visibility icon next to them. You then click the visibility icon next to the layer or layers that you'll want to be above the tinted rectangle in your layout to turn them off so that only the layers that fall behind it are visible. Check the preview box to make sure you're selecting the correct layers and see the results of your choices on the page before confirming them. Under Update Link Options at the bottom of the dialog, select Keep Layer Visibility Overrides so that if you make a change in the Photoshop file for some other reason, you won't have to redo these options when the image is updated in your layout. 
click OK, and you'll now see that your tinted feathered area falls over the background layers of your image, but your foreground layers are missing. Don't panic. With the placed Photoshop image still selected, copy it using Command-C, and then press Shift-Command-Option-V to paste in place. If that's too many keys for you to remember, just choose Paste in Place from the Edit menu. You'll now have a copy of the background image placed over both the original image and the tinted feathered rectangle. Control-click or right-click on this duplicate and again select Object Layer Options from the contextual menu. This time, you're going to turn on all of the layers that you had previously turned off and turn off all of the layers that you had previously left on. Remember to select Keep Layer Visibility Overrides, then click OK. Now you've got two copies of the same Photoshop file placed in your document, but each shows different pieces of the image. Between them, you've sandwiched an InDesign object that is transparent and feathered. Now you can move that InDesign frame around, change its size, opacity, shape, and feather settings until it's exactly where you want it, looks how you want it to look, and accommodates the text that you're going to put over it. If someone changes the text, who cares? You've built in enough flexibility to take those changes in stride and quickly and easily modify what to the eye is a very complex page layout, but in a very simple way. That's a lot of options at your disposal just by using object layer styles, transparency, and feathering. But going back to what I said earlier about changing the way you work in Photoshop, consider that you might not even need to have that foreground image of the company president in your Photoshop background document at all. You could easily put that image in its own file with a transparent background and place it separately on the page over the placed background and feathered tinted box. Then move his or her picture around on the page as well. These transparency settings are allowing you to explore more options and make more decisions and allow for potential changes right in the page rather than in Photoshop. Think about that in advance and you can build a tremendous amount of flexibility into your design projects from the very beginning. Next week, part two of Get Out of Photoshop Free, in which we'll cover drop shadows, how to avoid using clipping paths, and a homegrown method I've come up with for faking lighting effects in InDesign. In the meantime, join in the discussion by posting comments at www.theindesigner.com or by sending an email to info at theindesigner.com. I look forward to your feedback. This is Michael Murphy for the InDesigner Podcast. Thanks for listening.